We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Jack Ramsey's podcast. Danny Bragg, Brandon Sprague. It is a mailbag edition. Jack Ramsey is part of the Blue Wire Network. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Find us wherever you get podcasts, wherever you get your video content, which is for us, YouTube, uh, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Again, like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow the channel. If you're watching this on YouTube on the playback, please subscribe if you haven't already. If you want to become a member of the community, click Join under the community tab, and you can be a part of all of the watch parties and all of the giveaways we have planned and the member-exclusive content. Without further ado, Brandon, we have a truckload of questions because the Blazers made a trade that, uh, as you and I have outlined extensively already, and if you guys missed that episode, there is a full hour-long breakdown of everything you ever wanted to know about that trade and the implications coming forward there on the YouTube channel as well as in your podcast feed, wherever you get podcasts. Um I don't want to rehash that trade too much, Brandon, but the gist of it was where we ended up, uh, again, we're recording this Sunday night, is that that move was the first of more moves. Mm -hmm. That's the uh, indication, at least, that we're getting, is that uh, they're not done. You mentioned that, I think, before the deadline even got close, and here we are. It's heating up. And Is it CJ? Is it Nurk? Is it CJ and Nurk? Um, I think it's exciting, but you mentioned not bringing up that trade. I don't really want to dive into it. We did it. We talked about it for an hour. I think the only way you bring it up, though, is you bring up the Cleveland trade that just happened a few hours ago and how everybody immediately goes back to Portland and goes, that's all Portland got? Look what Indiana got. What the (laughs) hell we doing? Which... For those that, that don't know, the uh, Indiana Pacers and Cleveland Cavaliers have uh, made a trade sending Karis Levert essentially to the uh, Cavs for Ricky Rubio. Remember, he's out for the season and a first-round pick. And, again, there's two different schools of thoughts of looking at this, is that the Pacers got a first-round pick for Karis Levert, who has one more year left on his contract. Good player, 27 years old. Definitely has injury concerns. But he has plus size in only one more year. And the draft pick's going to be, what, the 20, 23rd, 25th? It's, like, it's, it's going to be a late first round great. pick. It's not so, a great pick. It's for everybody going, oh, my God, look at what they got. Again, Robert Covington was viewed as an, as an asset uh, negatively, even though he was an expiring contract. Uh, teams were willing to take him on, but they wanted something to take him on for because this is, this is the, the frustration of all of this is that teams knew – where Neil O'Shea had pegged the Blazers and what ownership was trying to do and that getting under the tax was a massive priority. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, oh, yeah, sure, we'll help you out for a price. <laughs> so, we got you. Um, that's kind of the, the gist of all of it right now uh, as far as what you're expecting for league-wide value. But, again, you guys sent in uh, a truckload of questions. I think I have 28 responses on Twitter and about 30 different DMs that I kind of just kind of stuffed together. We'll kind of discuss here in a in, in a in a roundabout sense, and I'm just going to go through these um, in really no particular order because they're just kind of all over the place. Um, <laughs> a little bit of fun, just to kind of get things started. Harry asks, "When will the suffering end?" 
Oh man, probably never, Harry. The, the we haven't won. A, yes, they haven't won a championship since '77. They've ripped your heart out what three, four times in that span with finals runs and Western Conference finals runs. Uh, probably never. Prepare yourself for that. But uh, if you're talking about this specific kind of uh, you know misery and agony of tanking and losing and not being a good team. I think I personally I'm buying into the Kool-Aid here a little bit. I, I think they're going to be right back in the playoff picture next year. Will they be a better contender than what they were? I, I hope so. But uh, yeah. I think when Dame gets healthy, they will be a playoff team. Mike Dennis asked, would you renew your season tickets? I would think this year's this, this, this summer is probably going to be a good time to renew it because prices are going to be a bit cheaper. <laughs> Mike Dennis uh, tweeted me. He was not too happy about that trade. He's no. like, I'm basically going to go to that game and I'm going to boo these dudes. Um, don't boo the players. Remember that, Mike. The yeah. players did not trade themselves or make this happen. You want to? Boo Jody somebody. was there courtside. Go, go, there go, you go. Her. go boo at her. Uh, drive to Lake Oswego, find where the old Shea lived, and boo outside his gate. Mm. Boo! Boo! Do not boo the players. Um, look, it's it's been a weird time. It's been a weird couple days here, but I think I think if we could just <sighs> see what happens in the next few days and then reassess how we feel. All right, let's kind of get into it with and shift away from that trade and look forward for the rest of the week up until the 10th. And again, we're going to your Sunday night, Sunday night, February 6th, so less than four days away from the trade deadline. It is coming up fast. And with that, quick reminder, on the 10th, Brandon and I will be live at starting at 11 o'clock. Boring. The only way we won't do that is if the Blazers trade CJ and Nurk before that. <laughs> If that, ha- if that happens, we'll do an emergency show, and we will not do a trade deadline show because we're probably <laughs> not going to do much else at the deadline. Right. Um, but, uh, and that, let's, that leads us into a good way to kind of segue into this question from Kate Anderson. At Anderson KB, do you think there's any chance that Cronin isn't bluffing about retraining Nurk and CJ and trades Ant plus Bledsoe to the Pistons for Grant and sells it for what is most competitive for next year? Okay, I'm going to take this question in a couple of parts. Number one, Bledsoe can't be aggregated into any other, any other deals. Number two, Anthony Simons. Oh, he can't. No, he, he can be traded alongside, like one for one. He can be traded. He cannot be put with somebody okay. else. Not we for 60 to, days. Yeah, th- thank you for clarifying that. So That's why I, I said this summer with, with the Gordon Hayward thing. Right, but I, I thought I had seen both, and somebody asked on the live watch party yesterday on the Buck game mm-hmm. about that, and I said, well, last I had checked, I think he can. It wasn't aggregated, but it was just, can they trade him right away? They can trade I think him, yes. can. We didn't talk about aggregated yeah. versus one-on-one, so that's good to know. And the other part of this is Anthony Simons will not be traded. That That is clearly not <laughs> happening. I think Joe Cronin basically told Ben Golliver, that is our future. Yeah. The, the only way that changes is if somebody – one of the a dudes shakes free, a a yes. dude dude. Yes. And even then, the Blazers are going to squint real hard at it. Like, mm, I don't know, is this the right one? Um, but the big question here: the idea that Cronin isn't buff bluffing about retaining Nurk and CJ. Cronin has never ever said they are building around Dame, CJ, and Nurk. He may have he told has... Yusuf Nurkic. Yeah. Well, he may again. He may have told Nurkic that. Yeah. When he sat down with uh, Medina the other day, he definitely said that uh, those three guys were very successful together and they were very competitive, but he did not commit to it. So we got, we're we taking things that are out of context, and I think I want, I want to make sure that that's driven home. He may have told Yusuf Nurkic that. Yusuf Nurkic may have taken that quote and used it as, tried to you know give it to Jason Quick as leverage. Like, <laughs> trade me now. For anybody who missed it last night, Yusuf Nurkic in the post-game press conference said, when asked about uh, what what he thought of the trade and the direction of the team, he said, that's interesting. Yep. I think he's gone. I, I was going to say, for a guy who th- he was very confident or confident sounding uh, before that, after that trade and in the post-game press conference last night, he did not sound nearly as confident. And I think it was a group that was like, oh, they really are going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of yikes. Uh, so uh, when, when I look at it from that point of view, I don't think that's necessarily the case. And I want to roll this back a little bit from my understanding. And this could be something that's been leaked out there is to try to make the Blazers look one way or another. But from what I understand, and this is probably going to piss some people off. Mm. 
the Blazers are going to take moves necessary to get to where they want to be. And a lot of that may require stripping things back, i.e. bad deals. Tearing off the Band-Aid, so to speak. And it may not get the return that you want. But in order to reset where the team is at and where they want to be, that's what they have to do. As much as Joe Cronin had said publicly that their books are fine, he has come out and sensed since that the books aren't fine. You have to kind of follow the actions and see what happens. If this singular trade is the one thing, Brandon, that happens, that's a problem. But again, I don't think that's necessarily the case, and we're going to see more transactions take place. So if Dame gets the extension this summer, mm -hmm. I mean, that's a pretty clear indication that He's a blazer probably the rest of his prime, right? I have been told that Dame's preference is to stay in Portland for the rest of his career. Great. I hope that that commitment is it's, it's held uh, firm. If that happens, and there's a lot of speculation, I think I, I can't remember where I saw it, but it was like execs around the league expect Dame and the Blazers to agree to an extension this summer. Mm -hmm. If that happens, I think what we need to do is we need to not view this in the light of what's going to happen in July and August, right? Because mm -hmm. we've talked all season long. How quickly can you rebuild? You get Dame healthy next year. And I think when you see trades like the one with Norman Cove, the instant reaction, I mean, it's a bad trade, but the instant reaction I think is also tied to, oh, dear God, we got no value of player left. And Dame's, Dame's going to leave. And and Dame might leave, but like next year's team isn't going to be very good even if Dame stays. I would pump the brakes on this, and I think it kind of rolls into what you're saying here. I have refer I have reshaped how I view this. I'm still going to be pissed if these dudes are on the roster February 10th. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm just going to tell you that. That has not changed. Yeah. What I'm viewing this as, as not a three- or four-month rebuild, restart, I'm looking at the next three years. And that seems so far away to say, and if you're a fan that's already tired of this, you're probably like, God damn it, Sprague. No, you're an idiot. I'm out. Okay. I can't get you. If you're out, you're out. But I think we need to view this in light of the next three years and not the next three years months because i think this team as you mentioned they're reshaping their books they're getting rid of some of these contracts the value on guys that they have is nowhere near what anybody actually thought they were the value is gone as soon as they lost that nugget series the value went and disappeared because every team in the league said oh they gotta trade those guys and then they didn't and every team laughed and then every team was like oh now they're actually gonna have to trade those guys you don't get quite the return View this in the light of three years if Dame is going to sign that extension because that restarts a timeline now that you have Ant and then you have Nas and you kind of see what you can grab through trades and maybe through the offseason with, like, depth. Which we'll, we'll kind of get into um, real quick. Uh, Keely, uh, at Lothringen uh, uh, 360, how would the Powell deal look four years from now? 32-year-old Norm Powell at $20 million. Probably a little uh, overpriced. Probably a little overpaid. He's probably coming off the bench at that point in time. I don't think it looks toxic. Um, I saw somebody quote, tweet, or retweet that Lawrence Frank was really excited. He can't believe they were able to get a player of this caliber. Excuse me, under contract. Usually these guys aren't available. And... Yes, GMs typically say very bad things about trading for players, first of all. Yeah. Of course, they're going to say glowing things about the guy that just traded for. But yep. here's the, the contract part of it and why those guys typically don't shake free. Guys on those contracts with that many years left are typically what, Brandon? Stars. Mm -hmm. And because when you have a guy under that kind of contract for that many years that you can trade for, that you don't necessarily have like top-end assets to trade for, is because that team is competitive. This team is not competitive. The roster is not balanced. It does not make sense. And that is, again, an Olshay problem. That is the 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 the, uh, the, the, the phone is coming from the inside, you know. <laughs> the calls yeah. are coming from the inside kind of situation. And so behind that is the idea that he was able to shake free solely because of the situation in Portland. And that's why you don't typically see those guys come out. Here's the flip side. There's a guy in New York right now named Evan Fournier with the exact same contract who is absolutely ready to be traded right now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely ready to be traded right now. So I don't think there's just like this situation where it's like, oh my God, look at this. Norm's this incredible player. He, you know, uh, 
you could have got so much value for him. You had to find the right circumstances to, to send him to a team where you got a return that made sense for you going forward. So, so okay, so then explain to people out there, because this is the most talked about thing, I think, with Cleveland's trade, is you get Blazer fan that goes, look what Karis LeVert got. Mm-hmm. How how was there no more value? Some even speculating there was a trade that was better, but Portland said no thanks. Which isn't the case. It's there... it's kind of asinine, to be honest with you, of an opinion. Like, if you have no real sourcing on that, that is a that's a wild thing to just throw out there that a team is purposely not taking yes. better deals when they're clearly going to restart this thing with Dame next that's year. The, that's the key is the restart part of this. Let's, let's say let's say that Portland had the deal available to send Norman Powell into New Orleans's TPE and a first round pick coming back. The problem here is in order to do what Portland needed to do, which is number one, get on the tax, which again. I don't care about, but that's part of their directive. Billionaires, whatever, move yeah, on. Right, right. Be mad about that. But if they do that, then they can't also send Covington out and get a real return because they weren't going to get a return on Covington because his contract wasn't enough to justify any kind of return. And they're not going to, well, this for that and this into that. It wasn't that return wasn't going to be available for them. And the, the important part of this for Portland was getting a contract floated into next year. I said we weren't going to rehash this deal, and yet here we are. <laughs> the contract, the, the money on the books going into the, into the summer, they, they weren't going to get cap space, so they needed to float money for a little bit longer. And Bledsoe's deal allowed them to do that. So, yeah. And that's, that's the reason why Powell's deal wasn't quite as easy to push around the way, the way they wanted to. Yeah. Um, by the way, real quick, I just want to answer that question, the Powell deal. How would it mm. look in four years? What's Portland? If Portland ends up being a better team and a contender. Who cares? I, I don't think the Clippers are going to have Kawhi and Paul George in four years. Yeah. Like, then Portland's going to win that trade. Is everybody going to go to their Twitter account? Like, I was wrong. <laughs> no, we'll largely move on. But if Portland was wrong. I told you so. Oh, of there's course. never a, for every Jermaine O'Neal, there's never like a follow up to, no. oh, I way overreacted to that trade and end up being okay. Uh, Johnny at PNW Sports 503. Are we rebuilding and not just admitting it yet? The avenues to feeling a more talented roster day one of next year versus day one of this one are honestly pretty narrow after dumping two starters for zero. And here's the thing with that deal. Yes, you absolutely did get two starters out and you didn't bring any back. That was my first, like when I started sending messages out and requests out, hey, they sent out two starters and they didn't get one back. That's a little weird, right? You know? And I started looking at it. I'm like, okay, they're clearly going to bring two starters in from their bench and make those guys an Ant and Nas, but they had to move the money around to make this make sense. Okay, let me go ahead and get through this. But the tanking part of this, yes. They are rebuilding and tanking and adjusting and building on the fly. They are trying to do four things, five things at once. And I'm pretty certain at some point in time, they're going to fall on their face. I'm pretty mm. certain that's going to happen. Mm. But in what way? Just in the, in the span of this build, because they're, they're trying, they're, they're trying to keep, you know, a foot on each side of the fence. We're not really tanking. We're like, so you don't think they can they you don't think they can do this that they can tank while successfully creating a roster with Dame next year. I think they Nas. can, but I'm just talking about like the immediacy. I don't know how much they're really going to tank. Like inter- really? or internally I I I just heard like maybe it's just them trying to send messaging to massage things, but internally I've heard so much about they're not you know, taking a step back is really not the goal. It's a byproduct of, w- of what's going to happen. Hmm. Okay. So they need to just allow it to happen is basically what I'm getting to. Well, they're out of the play-in now. Thank God. Thank God. But, yes, are they rebuilding and not just admitting it yet? Yes. I would say the answer is yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because this is no longer about restructuring or retooling. No. They are going a different direction. Yeah. Which, when you bring back, God. what, three dudes next year from this year's team, not counting, obviously, like Watford or Greg, but like Aunt Nas Dame, and then the rest of that is like fill in the blank here with important piece. Yeah, that that's that's a rebuild. 
Ian Fowler at Ian underscore Fowler 42. Pondering that this morning, is Nas really so impactful defensively the team went from playing? That's better than expected to let the floodgates open as soon as he went down. There are lots of variables, of course, but it does seem odd that as soon as Nas uh, went down, so did the team. Um, yeah, he was really important because he's their only like 6'6 dude who is an NBA caliber player. Yep. Like, it's a real thing. Yeah, and it also helps to have a player that size, that athletic, giving a damn on the floor. Like, the difference between like, – I know C.J. Ellaby's in this fun little story and everything, but he's a back-end-of-the-roster guy. Nas yes. projects as possibly a solid starter. Am I okay with Damant Nas going into next year, which I, a lot of the people, a lot of questions – you know what, let me scroll up to that question because that's in here a ton. Um, projects as a starting lineup. If Nas is your sixth man or starter – flip a coin if you get a if you get a starting three that like makes more fundamental sense around the team I, i'm more interested in getting a, a like a true like died in the wool four more than yeah. i am a three just yep. having that size really matters um but the idea of is he so much better that like that's what like the linchpin was that was the final straw like for me like you were just looking at it and it just goes Okay, no Nur or no no Zeller, no Nance, no Cove, no Norm. Okay, like okay, we can hold this thing together. We say, oh no, his shoulder went by. <laughs> that's kind of like that's what I think. It's like all right, that that's the last athletic dude with size and and and, and length, healthy, gone. Yeah, it's just like it has NBA ready skills. Like Watford's been fun. Ellaby's been this fun little experiment, but it's like that gap. When you're like CJ's been a dumpster fire, just a dumpster fire for the last week, ten days. Mm-hmm. I mean, on every level, offensively, defensively. I mean, he clearly has the writing on the wall of being traded, while also having a newborn son and uh, you know a, a brand new mother at home. Yeah, remember the Damian Lillard dog days of I'm not tired from having the kids. Uh huh. Sure, you aren't, Dame. Yep. That's weird yep. because you started to play like crap the second you had your kids. It's okay to admit that, dude. Like You're not getting any sleep. You understand. Like, it's okay. It was funny because then he had the twin and it was like, dog, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> One will do it to you. Three will take you over the edge. Yeah, and I was just like, yeah, we all knew it. It's okay. It was, you know, it's a lot like the same thing with him playing with his, with his abs saying, oh, yeah, no, I'm fine. Like, no, you're not. We can see it. Well, you talk about having an athletic four. There seems to be some speculation that a certain player out of Atlanta just hurt his shoulder. He did come back in that game. so I, I know. I know. I'm not worried about the injury stuff, but I'm just saying I, he I, seems unhappy. I would love to have him here. I mean, you should have had him here in the first place, but that's not here nor there. Uh, Alex Lachance, this is a, a big question kind of going forward, and this is probably what will kind of shape the podcast around, to be honest. Uh, at Lachance007, with the team seemingly moving to an Ant-Dame lineup, how much different can that be from a Dame and CJ pairing? With Ant being younger and slightly bigger, can he eventually be a plus defender? I think he can be an impactful defender. Because of his length and athleticism, he's got to be stronger, like physically stronger at the point of attack. And I know it's something he's working on. But I also believe that with his size, his length, his wingspan, that he can be a little bit more disruptive. But that also they're going to have, hopefully, a very young lottery pick who may be a four which will afford them the opportunity to have money to go go spend on other guys. And this was always the problem, right? The Dame-CJ pairing, once, da- once CJ got his deal, they didn't have that. Mm-hmm. They didn't, so the, the resources, again, where Cronin talked about uh, getting the money out of you know one position or two positions, now Ant will be paid properly and you won't have somebody there who's making 15 to $16 million more than they probably should. That's a whole-ass starter. 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Like that's that's the difference in the structure of the team. And they stuffed another eighteen million dollar a year guy in Norman Powell who plays the exact same position mm-hmm. there. And so while I am not certain that the, that pairing will work any better on the defensive end, offensively I think it will. Offensively, I think, and I don't know if you agree or disagree with this, Brandon, but I think Ant's natural play style is more inclusive and less likely to piss people off. <laughs> Than CJ's has been. I think what Ant pisses people off with offensively is when he's not aggressive, mm-hmm. right? And I know this team kind of it puts itself in a position more so without Dame, but I think that's, if anything, what upsets people. It's not what Ant can do. I think we know he likes to distribute the ball. He likes to share the rock. I'm still curious to watch him and Dame for extended periods of time here. Um, but I think the thing defensively, when you're talking about Anthony Simons, I, I have no impactful defensive player maybe in some capacity really good defensive player i don't know maybe he's still a baby in this mm-hmm. league what i look at more so is at the top end of damon cj defensively how good did they get they got in the top 10 what three times mm-hmm. three times so was that them suddenly being good defenders or was it all of the other dudes around them and i think that's the crucial thing because you've got a lot of teams in this league that have shitty defenders in their starting lineup but they've got the right dudes around them to where you can get past those weaknesses, right? When Nurk got traded here, that's a, this is the best example I think you could have. The Blazers were like 24th or something. Oh, they were the awful. They were 24th or 25th. Yes, and and then they traded for Nurk. And when Nurk got here, they jumped into the top 10. Mm-hmm. That had nothing to do with Damon CJ. If you get the right We know base, it wasn't Terry because Terry ran the same shit. damn scheme. Terry was like, <laughs> let me know when you guys are on that side. Yeah. I, I don't watch this we- we're, we're running drop coverage over here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but I, I think if you get those right four to five more pieces, you know, and I'm counting Nas returning because I think he's important. You're three in the lineup and you're two on the bench. If you can get some variation of good quality defenders in that group, absolutely. This team can be good defensively. And it's not so much just about Dame uh, or Ant. It's more so just, when you have the right parts around you, you can be a drastically different team than if you take them away and you're running with two guys who might not be the best defenders.
are made. It seems to me we have to re-sign Nurk or risk not being able to land another center. Am I correct on that thinking? No, you're not. Uh, number one, I don't think two more moves are going to be made. I think more moves are going to be made. But let's say in the off chance that they're not. Okay. You go to the you go to free agency with his bird rights. Like if you if you that it can be your fallback plan. Like that's that can be your fallback plan. But also, what happens this summer? Daniel Gafford and Click Capella are both available without their poison pillar restrictions, and Okongwu is showing out in Atlanta. Um, I'm just going to tell you right now, there is no, there's no conceivable way for me that I want to see Yusuf Nurkic here next year. No. no, I don't give a crap what rights you have. I don't give a crap how short that deal is. That is a dude you do not win high level basketball games with. He cannot be trusted. I think with his emotions, brand new contract, a yeah, new contract, and you cannot trust him game to game. He has great moments. He has real good stats. Don't refute it. But if we're talking about restarting this thing, it, he has to be gone. Him, CJ, I know Norm for financial reasons. Like it, It's just abundantly clear that this team has to break away from that era. And, mm. and then the cleanest way to do it is to trade uh, CJ and Nerd. I, there is no person that listens to this pod, does their own pod, that co-hosts this pod with me that will convince me that that's a good idea to bring Yusuf Nurkic back. I just don't think no, it is. No, and I, I don't think it is either. If it's your last option? Give me Nas at the five. <laughs> like, I will that's, say, I, I, Danny, I'm, I'm really to that You're point. done. Like, go find a 6'10 dude and call it good. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? I, I don't. You don't need that big of a center. You got Jokic. Obviously, you got Giannis. You got Embiid. Like, it is what it is. Even if you had a good center... Those dudes are killing that guy. So, mm. I don't know. It, it just uh, – it's going to drive me wild if they keep him because it just – I'm done with it. No, it's no, over. You're spot on. Here's here's what. More than even the basketball side of things, the vibe side of things sucks. Yes. Um, talking to people who were covering the, the Bucks, um blazers game last night. Uh, I, I was in the house, got to talk to a few people, and the general consensus from everybody, Blazers media, Bucks media um, – Anybody in general was basically like, vibes suck. It's not good. And I was talking to a couple of buddies of mine who cover the Cavs and work with the Cavs. And uh, the vibes are immaculate right now, man. It's so much fun. Evan Mobley's going to be a top five player someday. Like, you know, they're, they're making moves. Everybody's feeling good. Like, Jared Allen's balling out. Uh, I don't know about these moves, though, by the way. <laughs> Listen, they're they're trying things, but they can't. Avert? I think. I like Levert as a player, but I'm terrified of his injury history. But again, yes, the yeah. vibes there are immaculate. They are thrilled. And it's not just like winning cures a lot, but also just everybody just is in a good spot. I think for the Blazers, I don't think CJ McCollum's in a good spot. I don't think Yusuf Nurkic yeah. is in a good spot. I don't think Damian Lillard has been in a good spot for a while. So you push through that wall and go, okay, we're going to get rid of everything and we're not going to be <laughs> – again, I – I was watching the Bucks Blazers game last night, and there was a pass that Ant threw to Nurk, and Nurk didn't jump. It was a post-entry pass, and it was right off the fingertips, and he didn't. It wasn't a great pass, but he didn't jump at all. And yeah. I was like, "The hell was that?" And I didn't even say anything out loud. And fans around me are like, "Why didn't you jump?" <laughs> <laughs> because he has to make the young next prodigy look bad. I don't even know. I mean, that's. I think that's probably too far. But my point is it. Eh, is it? <laughs> I think is it? I, I, I think it is too far. But I think it was more about like the idea of him. Like he's just not. He's not a rim roll guy with verticality. I just don't think you can rely on it. It's it's if you talk about winning a championship, and and we're talking starting lineup here because I don't cold takes this in like ten years when he's randomly on the bench and wins a ring. But, like, if you're not a starting lineup with a guy that's going to help you get close to a championship, assuming Portland can do that, I it's just not – he's not in my mind there. It, that It makes no sense. So, I know the quick piece was, you know, Nurk's this, Nurk's that. Like, cool. Nurk has not been that large. The pivot from that since that piece has been 
oh, it's it's aging like milk. Ooh, buddy. You know, like he's not, he figured it out. He hasn't figured anything out. He went back to being Yusuf Nurkic. And guess what? Yusuf Nurkic will play seven games of like, holy shit. Yeah. And then he'll play the next 10 and you go, get this bum out of here. And that's the yin and the yang of Yusuf Nurkic. CDM81 at CDM811. It sounds like the Raptors are looking at adding a starting caliber center by the deadline. Hmm. I was wondering what a deal could look like for Nurk to the Raptors. Maybe we can get a player back like Precious Ochua. Let me go ahead and grab it here real quick. Yes. Yes. I'm just going to say, Precious is my guy. Love him. Uh incredibly strong long athletic just i mean he's a guy who was projected as a wing coming out of high school who's now playing like more four or five so the athletic the dynamism is there yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. do it sign me up Uh, i I will say this um and uh, there's another question i have in here about, about some rumors too that i will get to here after this one uh i know that charlotte new orleans and toronto have inquired about yusuf nurkic Charlotte, Toronto, New Orleans. Okay. The I, New Orleans one it was a little bit like, why? Valanchunas? He's entirely off limits. I, oh, I, so they want to be the Indiana Pacers in the West? I, I guess. Maybe they. Maybe the idea is if Valanchunas is going to be included in a bigger deal, mm. that perhaps Nurk could take over and, and be kind of a quasi-Valanchunas for them going forward. But Are they Toronto, both Baltic boys? Are we going Baltic boys in New Orleans? Is that what we're doing here? That'd be pretty dope. Okay. Uh, the other side is this. Toronto has, again, I think Toronto is the perfect landing spot for Yusuf Nurkic. A bunch of wings on the perimeter. Yusuf Nurkic, keep your butt in the middle of the paint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. Are you prepared, much like Ennis uh, Freedom did, are mm-hmm. you prepared when Nurkic leaves to Toronto and has, like, good first four games? In one of those first four games, he completely throws Portland under the bus and says how shitty it was to be here. Basically, yeah. are you are you ready for that? Because I'm. That's gonna happen. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, there's gonna be a shot of some sort that he is going to for sure throw at this organization. Oh, there's, there's no doubt. But that's that's the game. It's fine. But again, there it has been quieter around Yusuf Nurkic than it has around CJ McCollum. But there has been interest in Yusuf Nurkic, and I do believe that they are trying to move on from both of them. I, do I would not... think Nurkic is a better trade option than CJ for most teams. Shh. Keep it down. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Keep it down. Yeah, we got voted the most listened to podcast amongst 27 and a half general managers in the NBA. <laughs> Who was that half? I don't know. I don't know. It's always the half. Uh, this question here is from Austin at Nana Swartz. Hey, Danny, this is for the mailbag. I've seen a lot of stuff today about the Mavs being a suitor for CJ. Any ideas on what kind of package they could throw together? Well, just so happens I have that up, and the Mavericks are in kind of a weird cap place because they basically loaded their cap sheet up to where everything expired this year because they were going to try to pursue Giannis, and they kind of flubbed that. It's... Well, I don't think they flubbed it. I think Giannis just... Well, they had bad intel. Well, yeah, yeah, in that way. And it yes. feels like they've had bad intel every other time they've been in that position for a big player. Chandler Parsons. They had bad intel on that one. But that's the thing you hear over there. But here are the players that they could trade for CJ McCollum. Straight across, Chris Tesporzingas. Don't really do anything for me. I'm going to throw the yeet out there for that. Mm. Tim Hardaway Jr., otherwise nope. known as Lesser Norman Powell. Or nope. Lesser Gary Trent Jr., but more expensive. Sure. Uh, Dwight Powell, who I think is a good player and would definitely fits their profile, but he only makes $11 million, so he'd have to be aggregated with a couple other players like Maxi Kleber and Dorian Finney-Smith, and I don't think the Mavericks are going to gut the entirety of their front court death for C.J. McCollum. So while he may be mentioned in that, the only way a one for or, or a, a two-team deal goes down, in my opinion, would be a three or more team trade. Dwight would... Because we're out of there. Yeah, Dwight would smell like Larry Nance 2.0 to me. Uh, he's more centery. He's like, oh, I don't disagree with that. I just, the, what he's kind of bringing to it's, you know, it's locker room, it's great, gritty attitude, it's guy who finish. wants to win. Yeah. yeah, you know. But as far as like a very solid, serviceable center, like rim mm-hmm. running, like Dw- Dwight Powell has dunked all over the Blazers multiple times this year already. 
So if you're looking like for verticality, rim runner, screen setter, athletic, mobile, reliable dude, yep. I think he's like the actualization of Mason Plumley with longer arms. <laughs> like when you think of Mason Plumley in his prime, I think most people thought he was like Dwight Powell, but in reality, like I don't know, maybe it's selling Mason a little bit short because he was a better rebounder. Anyways, that a deal between Dallas and Portland for CJ seems less likely. That's that's where I'll go with that. Uh, let's see. Josh at Crook twenty oh six eighty seven. Cronin needs to make another move by Thursday to redeem himself. I just thought we deserved a first round pick in return for what we gave up. Even though Clippers didn't have any, I think another team around the league would have gave up a better draft pick. Mm-hmm. Again, what you think and what actually happens aren't necessarily the same. Now, could you have gotten a first round pick from New Orleans? Maybe. Maybe. But you weren't going to accomplish all the goals you needed to accomplish, which is floating money while also getting under the tax. Can you compare, can you help us, uh, you know, the respective us, help us understand Keon Johnson versus having a very late first round pick? It's the same thing. Keon Johnson is a 19-year-old 21st overall pick last year. So market-wise, you would assume it's the same. Yes. Okay. So what are we complaining about here? They didn't get to pick him. But, like, if we're talking about it as an asset, I I don't know. It, it, it is what it is in that regard. At Scott, at Scott PTB 30, what's more likely Blazers get out of the first round next season or end up back in the lottery? Oh, I'm going to go first round. The West is awful. The West sucks. Um, and the West is going to be open now. This thing going to change overnight. The East has the better teams. Uh, the Golden Clippers State, will get healthy. The Lakers, who knows? We will see about the Clippers. I, I don't. I, you, you're, we, not a, you're not a fan, I know. No, we differ on the Clippers, and that's fine. I just I, – I need to see it with that team. Um, they, the one year they break out in this experiment is the year that Kawhi doesn't play. And it was a great run, but it was very reminiscent to me of Portland making the Western Conference Finals. It's like you knew that team wasn't going to win the West, but they, they kind of caught lightning in a bottle. PG played well, right? So we'll see about them. The Lakers are just getting older. They're not – and they're reluctant to trade the player they need to trade because they think he's going to be something that he's not. Um, Golden State's not going anywhere. Phoenix is interesting because Chris Paul at some point, if Chris Paul doesn't do what Chris Paul is doing, I, I don't know if I can conclude that Aiton and Booker can carry that franchise the way that they've been playing. You want to hear um, something wild? Yeah, go ahead. I heard last night that the Suns would be open to trading DeAndre Aiton. No, the players don't have the assets for it. But if you want to talk about how wild this trade deadline might get, there you go. That's see that that's crazy to me. I think Aiton's a very good player, but again, we're talking about winning impact, right? Mm-hmm. So I look at the West and Danny. I I just Memphis is going to get better. Utah might get mm-hmm. split up. Denver's going to bring some guys back from injury, or maybe one like Jamal's going to be back in the March. In March, I got that confirmed uh, yesterday. And we don't know about MPJ. And you hope for the best for him. I, I think overall, like, I just think the West is going to be open. So I would definitely lean more likely to get out of round one than be in the, the lottery again. For all those reasons, I am right there with you. Great. It, it, it There's a lot of volatility in the West right now, for sure. This is a really fun question from Jason uh, at Hecubus01. How many trades do you think the Blazers execute from now to the deadline? What's your over-under on it? I'm going to go one and a half. Because everybody's so. sitting here thinking, CJ and Nurt, but they're forgetting something else. Who else is still sitting there? Eric Bledsoe. Oh, yeah, touche. So why one and a half? That's that's potentially three separate trades, Sure. Right? But do you believe CJ's going to move before the deadline? Do you believe they're actually going to be able to find I it? do. Okay. So you're gonna I take, do. if I said it at one and a half, you're going to take the over? I would take the over, okay. and I actually think they're going to trade Nurk too. So Bledsoe and Nurk? Well, I just don't you have to trade Nurk? You're yes, just gonna, I mean, you're just gonna lose an asset. Like I, again, maybe they want him in in the background as a fallback plan. Oh, I don't. I just. I don't think that's a smart I, way to. I play would it. like to take that option off the table. Yes, here we go. Get it out of here. That's. I think like, if Neil was still the GM, if somebody came in and like made it so he couldn't have that option, that's how I would operate. He'd want to fight you if you took that option away. Because, 
the easy way was how he operated more often yeah. than not. Yep. So, uh, this is a generic kind of question. This is from Justin Sisney, at Justin underscore Sisney. Do you think a lot of problems within the Blazers came from Neil Olshay, Neil Olshay, or did some of it come from CJ also because he knew that as long as Neil was in charge, he wasn't ever going to be traded and was treated as the golden child? I think some of this stuff has been ex- exaggerated a little bit, but I think CJ's been CJ since day one. Like, you don't come from like five foot two in high school and going to Lehigh and being one of the best scorers in the country and as a college player and not have a little bit of a little bit of peacock in you. You know, (laughs) you're not Damian Lillard going from a three star to, to Weber state to being the best pick and roll scorer in modern NBA history and not have a little bit of peacock in you. Like that, that's kind of a thing. Now, do I believe a lot of the problems came from Neil Olshay? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. This this question. Uh, who asked it? Who asked Justin. that question? <laughs> Justin. Justin, do not take this as like, oh, I don't, I don't respect you as a person. That's ridiculous. CJ McCollum is not even close to the responsibility that Neil O'Shea holds for this situation. This is a hundred and eighty percent Neil. If you're talking about the peacocking, as you call it, Danny, of CJ McCollum, look no further than the guy who kept giving him contracts. The guy who drafted him and the guy who told him behind the scenes, we're going to win a championship with you. You're going to be part of a championship. You and Dame. I go home and I just grab the lotion and I just start. And then you got to stop him because Neil will start falling in love with his vision of what the team should look like. Um, So if you're doling out responsibility, it's like 99.9% for me, Neil, 0.01% for CJ. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm going to fall on this one. Um, again, grander scheme question. This is another one from Keeley. If you receive a top two pick, do you keep it and use it as a building block? And I think this kind of decides where you are right now as a fan. For the audio members, Brandon, what are you doing right now? <laughs> I'm shaking my head. Yes, 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 yes. Because I don't know what team is going to. That's a coveted pick. A franchise player, potentially. There's nobody in the league who doesn't want to have a chance at one of Jabari Smith or Chet Holmgren. I will tell you that right now. Oh, what about Banchero? Right now? You think Chet jumped him? Yes. Chet's had a good little run here. I I recorded the game last night, and I've gone back through and watched it. I'm like, "Ah, he does look – he is showing a little bit more. He was kind of KD saucy. We we were talking about the live watch party. People were like, hey, this Gonzaga game. (laughs) We'll flip over to this game here real quick. Yeah. Uh, um, when he's hitting pull-up threes, it makes me go, sorry, what? I will always take a proven commodity, even if a prospect looks amazing. I mean, outside of like LeBron. You don't, you don't right? want the mystery box? The mystery box is great. No, I love the mystery box. But, you know, give me an example of a player that you wouldn't be stunned, asked out. That's a pretty nice asset for a restarting team, right? So give me, give me who that guy is and, and the level of star he is then I'll, I'll consider it. But for the most part, you keep that pick. I am 100% with you. Top two, probably top three. I'm not entertaining trading that pick unless it's for a dyed-in-the-wool proven star. Andrew like Wiggins for Kevin Love. Okay. Right. Like that, I mean, for everybody out there, like Kevin Love coming out of Minnesota was 25-12. and 12. Like he was putting up numbers. There's like, not a debate on that trade. Cleveland won that trade. They yes. won a championship yes. because of that trade. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> come on, conversation. What's over. funny is Love's still in Cleveland. He's the only one on the team right now that's firmly in a playoff hunt, and he's playing yeah. great. Good for yes, him. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Uh, a couple more questions here. Keegan Spendlove at Keegan Spendlove. The Norm Rocco trade and any trades between now and the summer have to be given the okay by Dame, right? I have to hope there's some bigger picture that makes him think they'll be getting a lot better for next year. Otherwise, he's probably gone. Let me start from the back end of this. I don't think Dame, that what's happening with the team is going to impact Dame because I don't think he wants – I think he's so invested in the you-can't-run-from-the-grind stuff and, and more so invested in Portland that is like his image would take a massive shot if he if he forced his way out. I mean, I, I said this on my radio show when it happened. I think the best thing that happened to Portland was Milwaukee winning the championship. Because if Chris Paul finally gets his first illustrious ring, you know, going he to does another team for the f- going fifth time. 
Yeah, but you know, in the post game, he thanks all the organizations and how how much they impacted his career. And now he finally got back to Monty, and it made sense because he started in New Orleans with him. Like that would have been a oh s one of the greatest to ever do it at my position. Did it by doing boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Giannis was at that table calling out James Harden, saying, "You don't want to away from the grind." You know, it's hard. It's not easy. This is not easy to win here. But you cannot, you cannot get the, the feeling that it is to win at the team that you started with when you go through this S sandwich. I think Milwaukee winning the championship was one of the best things to happen uh, for Portland, mm-hmm. for, for Damian Lillard's future here. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to go right along with you. And here's the, the the other part of this. Like, I, I genuinely believe that Dame, number one, wants to be here, but number two, for his brand, for his image, with Adidas being headquartered here, from him being like investing so much in the community here. I, his family is here. I don't think he wants to uproot his wife and three kids and go somewhere. Like, this is a dude, like, if you follow him on IG, if you've ever seen him out, like, he's never alone. He's never alone. He has friends, family, people with confidants. He, you know, his... his you know, his cousins is chef. Like, I don't think he wants to just take and just move that. Move. I think he's very considerate of, of, of people. And, that, and the reason I say that is, I've said this quote more times than I could count on this podcast. He said, I can never be a GM because if I was, Sasha Pavlovich would still be on this team. He He's connected to his guys, to his people, to his family, to his friends. And the disruption that that would be to everybody would be dramatic. And I think that gives him serious pause about going somewhere else. The beginning part of this question, are these trades okayed? I would imagine that two starters being traded away was sent by Damian Lowe's desk. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, they probably, he probably looked at this like everybody else and said, that's how we're getting for Cove and, and Norm. Mm-hmm. And I bet you Portland walked him through. Look. This Here's is the this first X, part. Y, this and is Z. the next part. You know what I mean? Like you explain this stuff. I want to add real quick. Have you noticed a slight shift? Maybe it comes back this summer, but I've noticed the last few months. You don't hear as much Dame getting traded. GM's going after Dame. Is Dame really happy? You're starting to get Donovan, Brad Beal. People have moved off Dame because they realize he's going to sign that extension and he's going to be here. You are starting to see the narrative is changing and they're going after the next group of guys. Yes that don't indicate even though brad's been he wants to do he said very much what dame has done is and he's kind of following that same path but donovan donovan as much as he loves is is, talks about utah if i had to take odds on anybody going to new york or miami it's donovan look and there's also just call it is what there's a slight uh cultural clash with donovan where he currently sits (laughs) if you follow any of the behind the scenes stuff with him yeah so I've just I've noticed that that like it's no longer Dame 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 Dame. It's like, is Donovan happy? Stephen A. What team should he go to? The Knicks. Knicks. <laughs> oh, okay. Thanks, Stephen A. Thank you. All right, back to nobody. Uh, Christian at Ill Krill. Is it wrong to assume the Blazers valued Winslow in the trade? His high end outcome is basically what we want. Uh, basically, what we have been hoping for for years: someone who can guard big forwards and make no. good decisions on offense. No. I am weirdly optimistic that he's a keeper as a rotation player. The last sentence: If he is your off the bench defensive player, it is fine. If he's your starting wing, you were in trouble. Watching him in person last night: number one, strength, energy, hustle, size, IQ. All of those things are there. Brandon, did you watch him shoot last night? Did he's you watch him shooter. airball twice yeah, with side spin on the ball? He's not a shooter. Listen, he makes great decisions. Like, like the shots he took were the right shots to take for a normal shooter. Not for him. <laughs> but I also saw that touch pass from the elbow to Ant on a back cut and was like, ooh. No. I'm not, I'm not going to allow anybody to do this. I'm done with this. This is part of that drives me nuts in this city. We watch I'm talking about him player. as a rotation player. If he's your yeah, ninth guy, okay. he's fine. If he's your 13th guy, I don't care. We're talking like bench help. No. What is this? His fifth team? His fourth team? What indicates anything is going to change from what he was any of his other stops? We got to stop doing this. Folks, this is our biggest problem. These players come from a- Thomas Robinson, we knew. At the point he got to the Portland Trailblazers, 
was not going to be a legitimate piece you keep and build with. And yet three games and two alley-oops were like, I don't know. Listen, man. I think he's showing it. The chase down block and the T-Rob alley-oop is still one of the greatest plays ever. Absolutely. I won't argue that. But, like, we do this as bad as any other city, if not the worst. The worst. I would imagine the worst. It's it's probably between Portland, OKC, Sacramento, Memphis. Sure. Which, coincidentally, again, look at the market size. We yes, it's a small market thing. I saw one game. What do you think about keeping him as our eighth guy? And I'm like, really? We're gonna. By the way, how did that game end? Oh, that's right. They lost by thirty points. He was still better on the floor. I think part of that is the contrast between what was what else was out there at the same time. So, <laughs> hey, we we scored twelve. We should have scored nine. Like I just uh, if you keep him as like a real end of the bench guy, whatever. But we we gotta stop falling so in love with guys after like one or two games. It's like there's a reason he was traded for nothing. Yeah, like I know they got Rocco and Norm back, but like he's a throw-in is that trade. It's not like, but it, I think it does also highlight the profile of what the Blazers are trying to do. As sure. far as like longer, stronger, switchable, athletic, athletic, yeah, I, defensive I, I minded, that. like. It's yeah. it's the idea of it probably more than anything else. And in that, sure. like, again, if he's, like, your ninth guy, I think you're in a good spot. I like the idea of having that same guy, but he can shoot the basketball. Well, sure, but that guy's also really expensive. Yes. You just basically said Jay Crowder. Uh, I wanted Jay Crowder. Well, I did. They tried. They just didn't have enough money. So. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because they pissed it away on contracts they shouldn't have. Uh, <laughs> CJ's fault. So, all right. That's a lot of questions. There's even more in there, but we just don't have time. That's 55 minutes of uh, woo, woo. a lot of questions kind of all over the place. Again, if either CJ or Nork or both or any of them are traded, we will have an emergency podcast. If not, we will have the live trade deadline day show at 11 o'clock. We will have you guys covered. So... Be there for that. Uh, pre and post games are back on, so we'll catch you guys for those as well. It was just the one time. I went to one game for the first time in six years and didn't work, okay? It was fun. So everybody reached out and said something. Yes, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Thank you. It was uh, very, very cool. So seeing Giannis yam on everybody like 50 feet away in person is always very, very fun. Hey, he, he didn't really have to play that much, but, man, he was, he was amazing. Just unstoppable. Purely unstoppable. Isn't it crazy to see him out there? He just... It you doesn't matter what you the do. Difference. It doesn't he matter looks what you so do. different than everybody yeah. else. No, it's it's freakish. Uh, my favorite part was Nurk talking trash to him to begin the game, and then just getting summarily executed uh, for the rest of the game by Giannis. That seems like it seems like a good idea to, to poke the MVP. Uh. yeah, but neither here nor there. Uh, again, like, rate, review, subscribe, help us grow the show. Uh, we really appreciate it. Again, if you're watching here on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. Uh, if you were uh, listening wherever you get podcasts, if you have the ability to leave us a review, please leave us a review. A ton of you have done that for us recently. Thank you all so much. Again, on YouTube, we blew past 2,500 the other day. Thank you for that. Uh, our, our views, our downloads, our subscribers, our members, everything has skyrocketed over the past couple weeks. Amazing what a trade deadline will do. (laughs) Especially during a really shitty season. Yeah, it was like, please give me something. (laughs) Listen, and we are trying to provide more and more content for you guys. Uh, Again, we will have more member-exclusive stuff. We will also have continue the watch parties throughout the rest of the year, uh, as well as some giveaways that we'll have coming up after I get back from surgery. And again, that will be in 10 days. So, uh, again, I will be sitting down with Ant to talk about some stuff and kind of profile what that month in January was like what it's going to be like going forward. But uh, kind of want to see what the roster looks like. So I can ask him some additional stuff. So yeah. look for that to come up uh, right out. Uh, be right after I have the surgery. So right on the 16th, 17th, somewhere in that window. Uh, like, rate, review, subscribe, help us grow the show. Uh, you can find us at so on social media at Jack Ramsey's at Danny Morang at Brandon Sprague. Uh, you can email the show at Jack Ramsey's at gmail.com. Uh, thank you all so, 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 so very much. We will catch you uh, for the pre- and post-game show on, what, Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. And then uh, back to our regularly scheduled program. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful day, wonderful evening, wherever you are. Take care. Mm, bye. It's happening daily. 
We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com